Becky Lynch may have showed up on the Showtime series Billions, but she won't be using any of those billions for the Money in the Bank 2020 show, which we will preview and predict here on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. Money, 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 money. Yeah, that stupid song that Vince McMahon uses every year for this show because he's not creative at all. Thank goodness your boy Triple H is in charge of a part of that, or Steph, or whoever. I don't care. It's the Double Turn Podcast coming at you here with our Money in the Bank 2020 preview and prediction show. Boss Ross and the J-Man. It's a Friday. I'm excited. I just can't hide it. I know, I know, I know, I know. I want to do this show. That being said, the J-Man... What a what a week! What a six month or what a what a six weeks! What a six months! Month and a half, yeah. It's been it's been, it's been very fun. What a twenty twenty! That's that twenty twenty has been has been a a, a crap show to say the least. It's well, it was already going to be bizarre because of lots of other things that are going on this mm-hmm. year, which we are not talking about on this show, mm-hmm. nor are we really talking about what's presently going on on this show, mm-hmm. because we like to be an escape from that. This is true. Okay. But it is an election year, and I'm just, there, there it is. It's been said. Oh, no. Move on. Yeah. I was just saying, I was just saying, on top of it being an election year, just mm-hmm. everything that's going on, people want to escape from the fact that uh, it's been a daily part of our lives for the last uh, better part of two months. It's true that. And that's what we want to provide on this show. We've had... We've had our new series, TDT's Classic Series, which if you want to go check those out, I'll tell you where you can find those here in a second. Um, But we've tried to bring you the best wrestling content we can. We've got some exciting shows coming up, not only on our front, but we've got some guest appearances on other shows, which we'll talk about once they're confirmed. Just want to make sure of that. But we like to spread our wings on this show. So, first of all, before I continue, J-Man, how are you, sir? Hey, listen, man, I'm doing extremely well. It's been... um... It's been a beautiful, beautiful Friday so far. I'm off of work. You're off of work. Um, I got pizza waiting for me downstairs after I'm all done with this and all that good stuff. And uh, how are you, man? You you good? Uh, you seem excited. You know, Mondays used to be my exciting day for me when it came to life, just for better or for worse. Mondays used to be kind of the kickstart for me. I, I know a lot of people don't like Mondays, but it used to be that way for me now. Now Fridays are that way for me. It gets to kind of kick off the start of my uh, weekend as uh, I get to enjoy a nice little 48 to 72 hours of just kind of maxing and relaxing. A little uh, little Fresh Prince style for you there. I like it. I like it. Here, oh, I've got a better no. one for you. Oh, yeah? Cheers to the freaking weekend. I'll drink to that. Yeah, yeah. Mm, shout out oh. to Rihanna. What a, what a jam. One of my favorite that, games. Uh, the only problem is I don't even drink. That's the funny thing. Well, there you go. Yeah. And uh, now we know a little bit more about you when it comes to uh, you and your music choices. That being said, <laughs> you can find this great show, including Jorge's singing. Actually, I had horrible singing, too, because I did the theme song of Money in the Bank. Literally, it's been the theme song for Money in the Bank for like eight years. I don't get it. Longer than that. I'm pretty sure it's been since. But, okay. Shout out to our socials first, and then we'll go ahead and give you a random fact. All right, so you can find this fine show on a lot of different places. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Stitcher, Radio Public, CastBox, Pocket Cast, the Anchor app. Bada bing, bada boom, really Rastafarian in the room. I'll just finish it for you, bada bang, DDP style, or 
positively canyon style that's right canyon cutter my wcw 2000 reference for the show okay A-C-K. how about a hip-hop reference the roc shout out to jay-z there it is you can Best also find around. our you can also find our uh other socials that being on instagram the double turn podcast one and only jman19 ross the robots 85 my twitter handle is boss ross tdt which you can see me live tweet this show that is happening this sunday from WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. That is where this show is taking place. Uh, there's been actually lots of controversy about this show, which I really don't want to dive into because nobody knows what's really going to happen on this show. There have been a lot of rumors. There have been a lot of innuendo. There have been a lot of things that have been proposed. There have been a lot of things that have been essentially touted, but we really mm. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I uh, keep as, hearing that there's going to be a big spot of somebody falling off a building. Yeah, let's hope it's not uh, a la the uh, Giant and Hulk Hogan after the Monster Truck match. That would be WCW in the mid-90s before uh, Hulk Hogan turned into a bad guy. Nobody needs to remember that spot because I'm pretty sure the Giant that week on television had miraculously recovered from his injuries falling off a building. Yeah, that's... I don't even know what to say. I'm sure I'm sure there'll be some stupid spot where somebody will comically fall down like 12 flights of stairs or something. I don't know. Hey, is uh, is somehow Jeff Hardy booked on this show? Just kidding. Well, Jeff Hardy, uh, Jeff Hardy is booked tonight. Yes. Well, at least it wasn't Sammy Guevara getting hit by a moving vehicle that was moving about two miles an hour. So and comically sold it like it was 30 miles an hour. Just saying. Can I? Do we, hold on, let me think. Do I take this moment to trash AEW or do I say no because they're doing some things right? Hmm. Well, I, okay, I'll tell you what. AEW. I'm not going to trash AEW. I'm not going to trash AEW. Can I trash the fans? Am I allowed to trash the fans? I think I, I think that I'm amazing reserved because that. normally you're in you're you actually defend them more often than I do on this show. Oh, no, no. Listen. If there's anything that I've learned... My name's Hori. They have a right to speak. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wow. Um, if, if there's anything that I've learned from this year and a half, that I, almost two years that we've done this show, is I'm a hypocrite. And I'm willing to, I'm willing to accept that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm opening up here to our audience, the seven people that listen to us on a good day. Um, for Whoever thought that that was the greatest street fight false count anywhere match they've ever seen in their lives like i don't know what to tell you like because i'm not saying it was bad but i'm not also saying that it was fantastic like people are like oh my god i'm so great it's like no no you take that back and you stop with the shenanigans because i will take miz and shane mcmahon at wrestlemania last year over that any day of the week any day of the week i get it so it's just infuriating infuriating that people just hop on the aew train and all try to be the conductors that's that's infuriating that being said shout out to aew for getting creative because it was very creative and i'm not and i think it was good it's just not the greatest thing i've ever seen in my entire life and that's what it frustrates me but shout out to sammy guevara because i i i think i've said this on several episodes and i've also said it on our social media Sammy Guevara is the truth. Let me let me be the first to tell you that I I, I do love me some Sammy Guevara, and and I've, as I've also said that I have turned the corner 
on Kenny Omega being as great as he is because he is as great as he is. He is absolutely top five in the world. He's just not my number one or number two. That being said, that moonsault, there's a reason why I went ahead and posted what I posted on our social media the other day. Fly, Kenny, fly, brother. That was that that was good stuff. That was good, good stuff. And shout out to, will, to Hager and sim- Jericho. I will I will simply sum up the fact to you of uh, for those of you that are mad at people that are considered AEW apologists, now you know how people feel about those same people being called NXT apologists. And that's fine. Again, I called myself All a hypocrite for a reason. <laughs> oh no, trust me, I've 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 decided to look more closely at some of the things AEW does. Not that I didn't before, but there are certain things that are taken for granted and let slide. Yes. Well, I think because that because it's different and not WWE. True. And and I think no. and I think the reason why we're allowed to do that now, Ross, not that we weren't able to do that the very first episode, but I will say this in defense of all elite wrestling. They have been on television long enough at this point where we can now critique them so they can continuously get better. They have now been on the air since By the way, isn't that the point for both shows to get actually for not only NXT and AEW? Isn't the point for all four major shows to get better? Yes, it is. That is exactly the point. And... If I here's the thing, if I'm going to critique Raw, SmackDown, and NXT on a weekly basis, you're damn right. I'm going to go ahead and critique AEW and not let them slide because at the end of the day, I don't care how new they are. They still have people who have been in this industry for a really long time that know what they're doing, and there should be no excuse for any foul ups on their behalf just because they're a new show because they've got vets that are running said show. And I'm not talking about Cody. I'm not talking about Mr. Khan. But let's be real. JR has a lot of say in what happens in this programming. Tony Schiavone has a lot of say in what happens in this programming. You know, so these guys, um, and not to mention you got Dean Malenko and, you know, you got Arn Anderson and you got Jake the Snake Roberts. Like, people who are in this industry, Chris Jericho, mind you, that have been doing this for well over 25 years that have a lot of say and they need to go ahead and speak up when something is not going great and then also be given credit when something is going great. And I think that a lot of it happens on the going great side and not enough on you need to get better on this other end. So we just need to see that more often. That being said, I'm not here to trash AEW. I just, the AEW apologists, I see you because you guys have been calling me, not Ross, you guys have been calling me a WWE apologist. It's nice. It's now we got to flip that a little bit, guys. So we are going to talk AEW on this show. Just um, not today. But not today because today is our Money in the Bank 2020 preview and prediction show, which Mm -hmm. again, as I started this off with, um, Aside from the more public things that have been uh, kind of overshadowing this event, there are some very questionable things that are going on when it comes to creative, when it comes to matches, when it comes to basically just the booking of this show, in which as of, uh, as of us recording this, SmackDown has not happened yet. So if there is a match added after we finish this, it will not be in our preview and predictions that, of course, is just the way it is. So as of this moment, there are six matches on this card. There are two Money in the Bank matches, 
there are four title matches. So I will not be surprised if a non-title match is added tonight. I will also not be surprised if another title match is added tonight. Um, but when it comes to this discussion, as of time of recording, we are only going to be talking about the six matches that are booked. So as we delve into this, and as I said the last time we got to a uh, pay-per-view, uh, I have already performed so badly in the first half of this year that I have already conceded the pay-per-view picks to the J-Man. I was down so far that I just decided to throw in the towel. So, that being said, I feel absolutely no remorse picking what I really think should happen because there's no repercussions because I've already lost for 2020. So, that's just the way it is, and I already won 2019. So, congratulations to you, sir. That being said, I'm going with... What makes sense, which okay. I realize is not the most logical decision when it comes to WWE because they make decisions routinely that make zero sense or less than zero sense. So essentially, that's I'm I'm essentially going off of what I have watched, what I have seen from the talent, from where the company is going from WrestleMania, right. and leading up to the fact that SummerSlam is still scheduled for August. Correct. As far as I know. That doesn't mean that's not going to change. That doesn't mean they're not going to push it back. That doesn't mean they're not going to have ulterior plans or whatever the case may be. As of this moment, I'm going off of SummerSlam is still booked for August. So if that is reflected in my picks or in my thought process or my vision for this pay-per-view coming out of it, again, we already saw what the last WrestleMania show was with no fans. This is at least going to be in an environment that is different. I actually applaud WWE for trying something different. They had to try a lot of things different with the last pay-per-view, it being the biggest show of the year at the Performance Center with no fans, with the fact that they had not one but two pre-recorded, pre-produced matches, or whatever you want to call the Firefly Funhouse match and the whatever the other match was called. The, Bone the Boneyard match. Yes, thank you, the Boneyard match. I apologize. So, with that being said, I at least applaud WWE for saying, you know what, we're going to make the best out of a situation. We're going to try something different, and we're going to have an environment that we have at least some semblance of control over. In our own building in Stamford, Connecticut. I may be eating my words in a week when we go over this show. It might be a complete dumpster fire. Mm. This may have been a huge mistake, but you know what? In this environment and in this climate, you gotta try stuff. You gotta make people tune in. You gotta make people invested in your product because every week on TV, because you're still doing weekly TV, which that's another argument that I don't wanna get into, but since you're still doing weekly TV with no fans, it is now proven that events with no fans are getting worse ratings. That's the way it is. And there's, that's not just no WWE, that's this. AEW as well. I mean, they haven't cracked a million, what, in a few weeks now. So, yeah. you know, going forward, once things start getting away from this, I hate to use the term normal because that's a polarizing term these days anyway, too. But my point is that if we get any semblance of fans in a building at any point within the next 12 months, it's going to be different. Sure in positive is. and negative ways when it comes to live events. In this case, we're talking about wrestling. At some point, they will actually have wrestling events again with fans. Accurate. Okay? So that's 
I just want to put that out there. I'm not trying to be polarizing. I'm just simply stating that I actually applaud WWE for trying something different. That's all. That's fair. That's fair. Listen, I think that, um, and we'll get to the preview here in a second, to the real preview, but just to kind of piggyback off of that, WWE has the advantage of having done WrestleMania and it having received what I would characterize as rave reviews from the universal audience. And I'm not going to, like, for example, people like Brian Alvarez, people like Dave Meltzer who were like, I refuse to rate these matches because it was all pre-produced and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's that's nor here nor there. We watched it. We were able to appreciate what happened how it went down how everything was played out we had no idea what to expect and then they gave us now what i thoroughly believe is a good representation and a good uh, a good representation and something to look forward to and say hmm that was interesting i'd like to see more of this like i'll be completely honest with you i've been in and out on what's been going on in wwe for the last four weeks for good reason. Again, just like you just stated, it's hard to not watch something with fans. I mean, I'm, am I keeping up? Of course I am. I have to. First of all, because I love it. Second of all, I mean, I do it for this show, so I have to. But I haven't been watching as I would have back in January on the ro- road to the Royal Rumble, right? I wouldn't have done that. Um, and now, having seen the Boneyard match, having seen the Firefly Funhouse match, having seen the Last Man Standing match between Edge and Randy Orton, those three particular matches gave me a sense of if they can pull off the cinematic form again, we are in for a potential treat with these two ladder matches. And I think that's what's going to be the kicker. That's that's really going to be the make or break of this program on Sunday. Is going to be how those two ladder matches, which we know are... Uh, and we'll get into this once we start review previewing that portion. We know that they're happening simultaneously. We didn't announce this last week because they were they announced it after we went off the air. Um, but right. the, the the money in the bank men and women's ladder matches are happening at the exact same time. So spoiler alert: this is by f- easily main eventing. Like uh, in the past, I've made. The case of like, oh, for example, last year when Ross and I previewed Money in the Bank for 2019, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if the men's Money in the Bank ladder match main evented, but I really wanted AJ and Seth Rollins to main event because it's AJ and Seth Rollins. It's the best in the world versus a guy who's highly regarded in the top 10 universally, universally, right? But but this year, I, I can easily tell you there is no way that the Money in the Bank ladder matches together are not main eventing. They, they absolutely are. Um, but that being said, because of what happened with those three big matches at WrestleMania just a month ago, it kind of gives you something to say, hmm, I liked where they, what they did there, in particular with the Boneyard match. I, I'm curious to see what they can pull off in a building with matches and a street fight type of environment, you know? And, and no, not necessarily, and, and it's going to be very different to what we saw on AEW Dynamite with that street fight. It's going to be entirely different because it's not going to be one of those, okay, um, it, it, this was all done at this like at the same time, right? Like it was done in one shot. This is this is definitely being done movie style, cinematic style, and it'll be really interesting to see how they can pull it off given the the great feedback they were given uh, just a month ago. 
So we have six matches, as you said, as of this moment, the Money in the Bank matches are happening simultaneously, which means you are absolutely correct. They will be main eventing this show, but there are four other matches that are going on in this show. So quite frankly, we should just get to them because I think we should pretty much uh, spend most of our time talking about the headliners and the uh, matches that are, of course, named after this show, because Money in the Bank, regardless of what year it is, it is one of the more intriguing shows. I would even call it a big four pay-per-view now. Uh, to me, it has supplanted Survivor Series as a big four, as a big four pay-per-view. Um, the placing of it happening in between WrestleMania and SummerSlam, I wish they would change um, simply because of the fact that we just got off the high of WrestleMania. And even though I realized that this is right after it and you're supposed to have a year cashing in and it gives the allure that you could wait 11 months, because of where SummerSlam has been, I just feel like there's this disconnect between SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble that it's like, oh, even though there's really no offseason for WWE, after SummerSlam, there are a lot of fans that just say, I'm waiting for the Royal Rumble because that's the perception of WWE right now is from January to August, that is their main part of their calendar and from September until the end of the year, mm-hmm. they're waiting for the Royal Rumble in WrestleMania season. That's so Fair interesting. Or not. That's so interesting. So where would where would you want to see the placement of Money in the Bank going forward? Would you like to see it after SummerSlam and between SummerSlam and Survivor Series? Is what you're trying to tell so, me? So I've said this before. If, you're, if you refuse to make Survivor Series what it once was, which is what appears to be the case, personally, uh, I would have it in September which would be the month after SummerSlam Hmm. that way. Or if you want to make it, you know, if you're, if you're willing to abandon your, well, we have to make October either hell in a cell or, you know, whatever the case may be. What's the special pay-per-view they like to do where everything's hardcore. Extreme rules. Yes. If you're willing to forego extreme rules, having to be in October or having to do it yearly at all, I just think there needs to be something between SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble. I think, you know, I, I think you're on to something when you say that, Ross, because, um, you know, in TV, they have season finales, season premieres, and mid-season finales and mid-season premieres, right? So now with WWE not having an off-season, but if you watch WWE, d- d- WrestleMania is the season finale every year. WrestleMania is absolutely the season finale. Season premiere takes place you know, in September or October time frame. But because there's no off-season, you can make the case that SummerSlam is that mid-season finale, right? And then have yes. it reset a month afterwards at Money in the Bank. That's very interesting stuff. However, I wouldn't do it. And the only reason why is because I think that where they are placing money in the bank, whether it's like late spring, early summer, so either that May, June time slot, you know, it gives you the opportunity, which maybe it's too cliche. And I think maybe WrestleMania 31 has now, WrestleMania 31 and WrestleMania 29 are the two prime examples of this, where now you have it fixed into your brain that, you know, you really want a big moment, save that cash in for that particular person for WrestleMania season, which 
now it becomes a little bit too cliche. And I bring up those right. two examples because you think of Seth Rollins cashing in at WrestleMania 31 and Dolph Ziggler clashing in the money the, the night after money. Uh, excuse me, the night after WrestleMania at WrestleMania 29. And hell, you you can even think of Carmella cashing in on the SmackDown after WrestleMania as well because that was a big one because it was the first time a woman had ever cashed in Money in the Bank. My point no. is, oh go ahead, um, is maybe that time slot might be the better time slot even though it's become a bigger pay-per-view than people have realized over the last 10 years by the way my interesting fact that i teased earlier in the podcast this is the 10th um the 10th money in the bank pay-per-view which is uh pretty cool first one was 2010 this is not the 10th money in the bank ever because obviously the money in the bank ladder match dates all the way back to 2005, so it's 15 the years old. The actual Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Yes, it is the 10th yeah. anniversary of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which is pretty cool. Now, I'm fine keeping Money in the Bank in May if you make Survivor Series mean something and actually have Survivor Series matches actually have stipulations true. that either go towards title shots in December, places in the Royal Rumble, Yep. just have some type of stipulation or something on the line and make Survivor Series a thing. I but like where you're at. It's fine if you want to keep... Look, I believe Money in the Bank for the longest time was in June. So July, June time frame, yeah. It up a month. So, yes. or, or, or in July. Mm-hmm. So that's fine if you want to have it in between WrestleMania and SummerSlam. I just would prefer the, to, for them to actually bring back Survivor Series and then have a big five. Yeah. No, that's I, all. I 100% agree with you. I was going to, it's funny that you say that, but you changed my thinking and you do that a lot of times on the show in a good way. I was going to say this past 2019 edition of Survivor Series, they treated it seriously, but you hit the nail on the head. It didn't mean anything because there was no repercussions. All it was was trying to get NXT over. And okay, that's cool. It was got NXT. That's bragging cool. rights. It was bragging rights. Yeah, it was. The, Which, by the way, there happened. was a pay-per-view called bragging rights in WWE for like three years. Yep, and it sucked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, and no, basically no. it was Survivor Series light. Yeah, and, and it, the, on top of that, it was a month before Survivor Series, which made zero sense. But uh, do you remember back in 2004, and I swear we're going to move on to Money in the Bank here in a second. We've been doing this for 26 minutes now. We need to go ahead and get on to the pay-per-view. But you hit the nail on the head because the prime example of what you just said of making Survivor Series count was two things. Um, 2014, um, when... Dolph Ziggler won, and those two, the, all four of those people, their jobs were saved, except for two weeks later, they lost their jobs. Thanks a lot, Authority. Um, but that was stupid. And the Authority was supposed to be gone for good. That didn't play out the way it was supposed to. And then 2001, obviously, if the Team WWF won, the, the, the Alliance would be dead. And then 2004, and Ross will probably remember this very, very well because his, he, he appreciated it very much. Um, in 2004, um, Randy Orton beat Triple H um, to, to win the Survivor Series match. And that meant that him, Jericho, Chris Benoit, and somebody else were in charge. Maven. Of a, Maven, thank you, were in charge of the next four Monday Night Raws for the remainder yes. of that uh, month. And I think both Benoit and Edge got a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship against Triple H, and that's when it actually, um, the World Heavyweight Championship was vacated for about a month because that match ended because they both pinned Triple H in a triple threat, something like that. Anyways, the whole point of that was there was... But at least there was a stipulation. There were stipulations. Yes. 
That's the the, the very long, di- you know, long-winded thing to say that there was a point. And I'm sorry, but it matters. That that stuff matters. But you know what else matters? Money, Money in the, the bank. bank 2020. Sure does. So, um, do, do you want to pick what match you want to go over first, or should I, or what's up? So basically, what I'll tell you is that, um, well. Let's just put it this way. Mm-hmm. There are two matches I really don't care about on this pay-per-view, and the other four I'm either slightly interested in or at least intrigued in. For sure. With. Okay. Is that fair? That's fair, and I think I know where you're going to okay. go to first. Bailey and Tamina for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This is legitimately a match in which they are still holding off doing... Bailey versus Sasha in a one-on-one match. On the main roster, yes. I'm very annoyed. Um, Because at this point, I know there are some people that are like, I never need to see this again. And my argument is, I haven't seen it at all. (laughs) In five years. The last time that these two women went one-on-one in a major match on WWE programming was the semi-main of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1, which happened in 2015. You just got a notification. I got an email. Oh, you turned those off. Well, I turned off the stuff on my cell phone. I didn't on my laptop because I'm an idiot. Maybe you should fix that while I get us into this first match. Here, this this is what I'll say. Bailey, I have praised and trashed her as this heel character champion. Tamina had a very small push when she first came in because she's got a bloodline within the company. She also came in helping out the Usos. And she was posed as somewhat of a credible threat for about two months. And then everybody she was AJ's out, bodyguard too. And then everybody figured out that she is not her father. Very quickly. Not saying she should be, just saying when you get into a company based on name alone and you don't back it up in the ring, this is where you get. You're you're you are you are consistently employed, but you don't go anywhere. This is true. And that's Tamina. And 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 here's the thing, and let me let, let's use that for an example because there's several people that obviously their parents um are very good, and the people that come after them have ended up being much, much better than you could ever imagine. Example, Randy Orton. Randy Rock. Orton is one. Rock is two. The Usos are hell of a lot better than what anybody could have ever imagined. They're one of the greatest tag teams we've ever seen. Um, Charlotte Flair, for obvious reasons. I could go I mean, on. I'm not going to say she's better than Ric Flair. She's not better yes. than Ric Flair, but she's also quite possibly the greatest women's wrestler in the history of all time. Like, there you, go. you know, that's just, it's no sure. joke. Charlotte Flair is no joke. Um, and, sure. and, and there's many more. Hell, at least Curtis Axel could wrestle, you know? Um, when he's given not a his, chance, When yes. given a chance, like he, he's actually good as a, he's good as a worker. Like, when you put him in a match, if you want good 15 minutes worth of wrestling, Joe Hennig can most likely give you that. Bo Dallas and, 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 and uh, Bray Wyatt, are much better than their dad. And no disrespect to Mike Rotunda, I'm just being honest. You know? So, Tamina Snuka is not even in the slightest 
that hell, Nia Jax, who her parents aren't wrestlers, but she does come from Rock's side of the family. Like she's actually cousins with the Rock. It's not one of those old blood thing, you know, like Roman uh, is with with the Rock and the Usos are with the Rock. Like Nia actually comes from Rock's side of the family. Her, I think, her great uncle is High Chief Peter Maivia or something of that nature. Tamina Snuka is right below where Sean Stasiak would be. And I only say Sean Stasiak is slightly above that because at one point he was at least pushed at a certain level and was at least treated at a certain level. Mm -hmm. But Sean Stasiak was never going to be Stan Stasiak and he just sucked. (laughs) So all that being said... I know there is a bunch of rumor and a bunch of weird internet theories that say Sasha's going to cost Bailey the title and we're going to give Tamina a one-month reign as the champion and blah, 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 and then she can lose it in a random show. During... No, I'm sorry. Bailey is winning. Somehow Sasha's going to maybe is going to maybe almost cost her the match or, you know, tease turning or something of that nature, but it's not going to happen because they're going to save it. So um, I don't anticipate this being much of anything, and I anticipate that uh, Bailey is going to retain her title, and they're going to have something built for SummerSlam, or if they don't want to do SummerSlam and they want to have somebody cash in on her, they can build that as well, because she's the heel if they choose to go with the babyface winning the briefcase, which we'll get to. There are options, so right now is not the time to do a title change, even if it was a credible... Even if this was Sasha versus Bailey, I probably wouldn't switch the title right now because if you switch the title right now, you're basically telling the fans, oh, yeah, you either have a transition champion, which nobody wants anyway, or you have a long-term program, which means you're waiting for money in the bank, which not everybody wants all the time anyway, too, especially in the case of who wins it. So mm-hmm. I'll say Bailey wins and retains her SmackDown Women's Championship. Listen, I, I understand that, people, that uh, WWE always likes to go ahead and give somebody a shot or... Hell, sometimes they even like to go ahead and be like, listen, you've paid your dues, and uh, we want to be able to reward you with at least a one-month title reign, you know? That only works every so often. For example, it worked with Kofi last year, right? It, 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 it worked with Mick Foley back in 1999. And I'm not trying to compare Mick Foley and Kofi Kingston, but you get my point, where it was, at least Mick Foley was definitely the definition of a transitional champion. Right? Tamina Snuka is not even in that same conversation. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure Saruna Snuka, which is her real name, is a very nice person. Like, she seems like a very nice lady. She is a mother. Um, she, she seems to love this business. She should not be sniffing the SmackDown women's title. Tamina Snuka shouldn't even be sniffing the 24-7 title, Ross. Why she has a shot... At Bailey at Money in the Bank is beyond me. It's it's legitimately beyond me. Like, I would prefer to go ahead and see Lacey Evans and Bailey for the 17th time since January at Money in the Bank than seeing this match. Like, Tamina Snuka, her knees are so bad. And this is not me making fun of Tamina Snuka, but I'm just being real. Because she has had knee problems for like five years. She is one super kick away from that leg just completely giving out on her. I'm dead serious, man. It is scary every single time she tries to deliver a super kick. I just need Bailey to finish this match in like four minutes, seven minutes at the most. 
and just call it a day. That's that's what I need. Bailey's retaining. There's no reason to give Tamina Snuka a a, the title at all. Why she's got even a match is beyond me. If they give her the title, I will I will cons I don't even know what I'll consider. I, I hell I I I'd, I was gonna make a COVID nineteen joke, but I'm not because I'm a better man than that. Damn it, Bailey for the win. I move on. We have a random fatal four-way tag team match for the WWE SmackDown titles. Last month at WrestleMania, these titles were contested in a triple threat ladders match with three people instead of six. Which, by the way, that match ended up being fire. That's fine. It was just a match they could have done on this show because, you know, they could have just had a one-on-one -on -one match at WrestleMania or a tag team versus tag team match at WrestleMania, or I don't know, not have the match at WrestleMania if they were so worried about it, because now they're having even more people in this match. It's the champions New Day versus Miz and Morrison versus Lucha House Party, being represented by Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado. Easily and the best the wild card team, the Forgotten Sons. Who just got called up. On NXT that never got a real shot at being the NXT Tag Team Champions with uh, Cutler, Blake, and Jackson Riker. So we have two. Actually, we have we have we have one very established tag team. We have another tag team that's basically existed. We have an older tag team that reformed and won the titles, and we have a brand new team that was called up that kind of stirred the pot in the SmackDown Tag Team division. Mm -hmm. Or hey, who do you have in this match and why? Listen, uh, man, I would give my left nut to go ahead and see the Forgotten Sons take this take the titles away from the New Day. I would, I would. That's just not going to happen yet. And uh, But you know how we always talk about like, oh, they're going to be in this match, but they're going to be protected? The Forgotten Sons are absolutely going to be protected. If you haven't watched SmackDown as of late and seen how the Forgotten Sons have basically manhandled the New Day over the past two weeks, you haven't been watching wrestling. The Forgotten Sons, Vince has a boner for the Forgotten Sons right now, and he should. They're actually very, very good. That being said... Um, What's the here's here, this is what really makes me angry sometimes when I think of WWE. What is the point of making the New Day champions for a month and then taking the titles away from them? What what did the Miz and John Morrison do wrong for them to lose the titles so quickly? Because to be fair, I was genuinely enjoying the reformation of Miz and Morrison as tag team champions. I thought that they breathed fresh air into the tag team division. And then, as much as I love the New Day, and ladies and gentlemen of the Double Turn podcast audience, I love the New Day. Kofi, Biggie, and X are my friends. Why are they champions again? I do not know. They need to be moved away from the tag team division at this point because they have eclipsed the... They are what Mauro Ranallo is to NXT, bigger than what they are in currently. Mauro Ranallo is bigger than NXT in the same way that the New Day is bigger than the tag team division. We need more fresh air in the tag team division. That being said, I see no point in the tag team titles continuously playing hot potato and then being like, oh, we're going to give it to the Forgotten Sons on Sunday. Like... They just came up, first of all. Second of all, I still think that there's a lot of tread left on those tires with Miz and Morrison. And all I can say is that the Lucha House Party is in this match because they are high flyers and they can actually do some cool stunts in an environment 
such as their environment they're going to be in on Sunday. I'm going with the New Day only because I see absolutely no point in them losing the titles three weeks after they won them. But right. so I'll so I'll give you I'll give you a perfectly good reason why the New Day are the champions right now. So Miz and Morrison they got their time as being the nostalgia. We haven't teamed in nine years or whatever the case may be. We're going to do our little skits. It's going to be fun. We're going to see where it goes. As far as I'm concerned, they got the shelf life out of it. They want it. You want to put the titles on an established team that has a lot of clout? Put it back on the New Day. Now they're the, what, 17-time champions? I don't know. Eight? eight. They're eight-time tag team champions, Eight times. Okay. So you want to give... Uh, you want to give clout to a team winning the belts and beating somebody good? Why not have somebody beat the New Day? If somebody beats Miz and Morrison, who cares? They're a team that had a nice little run. The New Day, when we talk about tag teams, as much as I don't like them, as much as they should have broken up years ago, as much as they should actually do something with Big E as a single star, they are very content keeping them together and them selling merch, and that's fine. Eventually, that will come to an end, and they'll need to have an exit strategy from that. So, in the meantime, what better way than to call a team up, get them immediate exposure, have them make an impact, and beat the New Day? Or, since this is a Fatal 4-Way match, it's not an elimination match, right? You can have anybody pin anybody, and New Day loses their title, right? Correct. Okay, so, in my circumstance... I would not have the New Day not get pinned. I would absolutely have them get pinned. And in this case, if you want to protect Kofi, have Big E get pinned. Or if you want to protect Big E, have Kofi get pinned. That's fine. Either way, I'm telling you now, because we're going to have a surprise on this show, the Forgotten Sons are walking out with the belts. Let me tell you something. Because I do think this tag team division in general needs an infusion of something. They just lost the Revival. The Revival are going to their competition. I'm not saying the Forgotten Sons are the Revival. Don't get it twisted. What I am saying is that if you want to prove that you're not behind the times and you actually do care about tag team wrestling, if there's a group that you're backing that you see actual long-term success with, even though I do think we're going to see a tag team of uh, Cutler and Blake and Jackson Riker is going to be the single star of the group, Although we saw what happened with Big E, how they really never pushed him at that level. I realize he was IC champion. And actually, has he been IC and US champion? I don't think he's ever been US champion. Okay. Point is, he's mid-card right now. Mm. So, at least as a singles competitor. Main eventer as the group New Day and their tag team guys. That's fine. But you want to get some real buzz in your tag team division? You want an absolute surprise? Pick the Forgotten Sons. I don't even care if they don't hold the belts for a few months and do something at SummerSlam or you build something for SummerSlam and they drop the belts. At least they're infused in the division. True. You put something into the mix that's different. And then are they actually doing a draft this year again? I have no idea. Like, I don't think that's even in WWE's cards at the moment. They're just worrying about getting content out there. All right. So my point is that you want to try something, you want to shake something up, it's the tag team titles. You know what? Honestly, who cares? I'm picking the Forgotten Sons to win and become the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. You know what? Before we move on... You do this all the time. Lock your pick in. Stick to your guns. 
Nope, I'm sticking with the New Day still. I I, I, I like where you're going with the Forgotten Sons. I I, I mean I meant every word that I said that I said about the Forgotten Sons. I think they are fantastic. Uh, I just don't know if they're going to do it right this moment on Sunday. It would not surprise me if it would happen next month. I just I feel like they're going to just hold off on it a little bit longer. And by the way, they didn't they didn't just lose the revival. They also lost Gallows and Anderson. So they have lost two of the top ten tag teams. Oh yeah, on the planet. Within a three-week time frame. Yeah, so why not push guys that are yeah. brand new? Why yes. not? 100% agree. 100% agree. I just I, I think they're going to wait just a little bit longer. But yeah, I'm sticking which with the to me, Which to me, there's really no point for that either. No, I agree. But there's also no point to do anything at this point in time. And here we are. So yeah. I'm just going with what I... I'm still sticking to the logic of what I think WWE should and will do. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, because I actually think the other title match is much more polarizing, I'm going with Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship as our next match that we're going into. Polarizing, yes. More important, I'd still say that this match that we're talking is more important, but polarizing, I It's also because you're a Seth Rollins apologist. No, no, no. And you believe that this actual character is uh, salvageable. So there you go. You don't think it is? Man, Ross, just, you know what? Fine, give you a little spiel. okay. Every every gimmick they've involved religion with has failed. Go ahead, go ahead, speak. I'm telling speak. you, no, no, that's fine. They, look, if you want to tiptoe around Messiah and do all this other crap, just go full in or don't do it at all because you're not doing yourself any favors when you tiptoe around it. You want to do the stained glass shirt. And him looking like Jesus, might as well go the full board. Okay. Might as well. No, Otherwise, no, what are you doing? You're right. No, no, that's fine. I'm just, I'm, I'm you Plus, know. I'm, let's I'm, be I'm, honest. Drew McIntyre just beat Brock Lesnar. There's no way in hell Seth Rollins is beating him. Oh, I'm well aware of that. I don't want to give away my okay. pick. So then, okay, Can so you, then why okay, are we just, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to give your stuff and I will answer after you have stated your opinion. Okay, first all right. of all. Why is Seth Rollins in this match? I Why do I even know. care who faces Drew McIntyre because he just beat Brock Lesnar? Why not just give Why not just give Brock a rematch? Oh wait, because Brock doesn't want to work. Ugh, let's scramble. How about you not have a WWE title match this month? How about that? I mean, I kind of see where you're coming from, and I kind of see your point, and it's valid. Um, I think it's more of the fact that they just want to expose Drew McIntyre in a good way. I, I mean, they want to show off Drew McIntyre. It's like, okay, well, how do we do that? Well, you know, throw you know what in I the done? former you know, champion. Be very unpopular. It's going to be very unpopular. You, you know what I would usually say things that are unpopular, but go ahead. Have Drew and Braun face each other. Champion versus champion. No belts on the line. Priority. You, you make them both look good. Neither of them have their titles on the line because nobody gives a damn because they both just won their titles. Mm-hmm. The actual event of the show is Money in the Bank. Nobody cares about who's winning the world title match right now. Everybody cares about who wins the briefcase. Just do champion versus champion. Don't save it for Survivor Series when nobody's going to give a crap about it anyway. You can still have both guys look good. You can still have Drew beat him because Braun's been beaten by everybody. Braun can still look like a monster. You can still do something with Bray where he's creeping around. and he, it, This match can happen at SummerSlam. 
You can have Braun beat somebody in between in June or July. So then Braun keeps his title. You don't have an immediate aftermath of of the Drew beating Brock. And you go forward. It's ingenious. I just thought of it right now. It's awesome. But no, we got to have title matches that nobody cares about. That's right. I'm picking Drew McIntyre to win. I wish this match was like four seconds, but it won't be. It'll be 20 minutes of me waiting for Drew to kick him in the face and pit him. I'm done. Seth Rollins, the character sucks. Moving on. Go. Talk about how Seth Rollins is the greatest. I love the character. It'll be a great match. Sorry. Go. Actually, I'm not sorry. Not at all. Go. You know, you tell me to go, but then you go ahead and say more things. So I'm just leaving the pause to make sure sure that you have finished what you have stated. Anyways, you make me feel like a douchebag Magoo over here. That being said... Drew McIntyre is going to win this match. Why Seth Rollins is in this match, I do not know. I do not need Seth Rollins to be losing in four seconds, you nimrod. <laughs> I'm so hurt by your by your things that you said about my boy. Anyways, the Messiah the Messiah character is working, Ross. The Messiah character is working. I don't know what please, the hell you're talking about. Please explain how it's working. He is the most overheel in on Raw right now, easily, easily. People hate him. Tell me who the second most overheel on Raw is right now. It was Brock Lesnar until he decided to go ahead. County's part timer next. Uh, Becky Lynch. (laughs) Wow! Wow! Okay. Uh, Performer that Seth Rollins would wrestle with in a tag team match as heels. Alan Jones is Alan Jones easily. You kidding me? AJ Styles. Okay. Who's 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 off TV? Who's off TV and just wrestled the Undertaker? Come on, dude! It's just you act like WrestleMania happened seven years ago. WrestleMania was four weeks ago. Okay, next after AJ Styles. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a specific name. I don't know, uh, Andrade. You're telling me that Seth Rollins is the best heel because he's more of a heel than Andrade, who's a mid carder. Just being honest, dude. You want me to say? That is a low bar for heels on Raw. I am telling you that I think Seth Rollins is doing the best that he can with the Messiah gimmick. Why is he in this match? I do not know. It's not believable. He is not going to beat Drew McIntyre. I would be surprised if this match goes 10 minutes, even though these two can burn it down. They could bring the house down if they really, really wanted to. But from a believability standpoint, okay? From a believability standpoint, if Drew McIntyre beat Brock Lesnar in less than three minutes. How they're going to have Seth Rollins last 10 is beyond me. And I think that it is Seth Rollins' duty as a great heel who is a small, maleficent insect of a man to completely get destroyed by Drew McIntyre and just put up no fight because... Drew McIntyre is on Super Saiyan 3 levels of destruction right now. Like, he is Goku when Goku is dead and has the angel halo around him and fights Vegeta. And, it, and, and oh, excuse, ex, yeah. Yeah, no. He fights Vegeta even though he knows he can go Super Saiyan 3, but he fights him at Super Saiyan 2 and they come to a draw. That's how much... 
Drew McIntyre Dragon, is on a super mega level right now, and he your needs... Your Dragon Ball Z references are just ridiculous. You're just a hater because you don't appreciate the greatness that is Dragon Ball Z, Ross. It's a terrible show. You are you are just... You, your level of ignorance right now is really, really, really hurting you, my feelings. You, you know where Seth Rollins should be? He should be on vacation on a beach with his fiance. We should have dropped the title last month. I agree. No, I, I agree. They should have gotten married uh, in private and then just be enjoying a private ceremony on a private island and just making love. That being said, you know because they're not you know doing what's funny? that. What? They also could have come back to TV uh, after their break. Uh-huh. They could have been the new Trips and Steph. I you, I love that fact. I love that. I love that. I Means agree. They have to be off TV. I agree. I told you that they should be off TV, but because they're not, we're stuck in this, and I have to tell you and pick a winner, and I'm picking Drew McIntyre in six uh, minutes. In six minutes. One Claymore. Dunzo. And by the way, no, for good measure, no. Buddy Murphy's probably going to get a Claymore himself. Needs to be. It needs to be like eight, and he needs to be on the shelf for a while. No, no, we have to have Seth Rollins on TV doing fireside chat promos. I'm on fire tonight. You, you better, you better calm down with your Seth Rollins haterisms right now. No, the character sucks. I will mute Go on you. vacation. I will mute you. <laughs> Just because we're on a Zoom conference doesn't mean you got anything on me right now. All right, now, now. The match I've been looking forward to because I actually want to see the J-Man and I are once again on polar opposites when it comes to this. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, is challenging. My man, my boy, the monster among men. Big man Brody. Braun Strowman. Mm. Big bad Braun, that's right, for the Universal title, which, by the way, is the Universal title still that weird bluish purplish color to change back to red nope it's still on smackdown so it is still blue okay it's still a dumb reason to change the color of the belt but whatever they never should have made it red anyway it was, so it's the it's the ugliest title it it's the ugliest title in, in uh on in wrestling today it is then it, but then again i never would have changed the look of the intercontinental title either i like the white strap i so. agree i agree i'm still trying to get it used to what the ic title is right now i don't know 100 percent how i feel about it's it it's big and metal and gold I no i know i know what it looks like i'm just trying to go i'm still feeling it out we've had it for two months on tv and i'm not 100 percent sure if i'm digging it but go ahead so here's the conundrum that the WWE have put themselves in unnecessarily yet oh, again when it comes to Bray Wyatt, this title, and Braun Strowman. 100% agree on that. Hard agree. So Braun Strowman beat Goldberg. Yes, Bill Goldberg. William. Who beat The Fiend for the title. And then Braun Strowman uh, power slammed him to death at WrestleMania and won the title. I don't know if we're ever going to see Bill Goldberg ever again in WWE. Maybe Yerma. we will, maybe we won't. Who cares? He's not here anymore. Yeah. The point is, Braun Strowman the the is the champion. Yeah. Apparently, I talked over you, and I apologize, because apparently you go on mute. So. No, no, I'm sorry. I apologize. I was just saying, can we refer to Bill Goldberg as Guillermo for the remainder of this program? <laughs> I will not. I will just instead just call him Bill Goldberg. You're going to really you know, elongate kind of, everything? All right, first. Yeah. So Braun Strowman's the champion. He's been the champion now for what uh, four weeks? Five Something weeks. Like that. Yeah, five weeks. This is his first world title reign. Even though they should have given him the title when he jumped off the top rope. Should've Idiots! T- Hell, they should have given him the title back in 2018. But what do I know? 
Rock Listener decided that was going to happen. Uh, yes, I remember Braun being super over back then. And uh, then a lot of stuff happened in between. The point is that uh, ever since the Seth Rollins Bray Wyatt match that was in a cage and red light and there was no finish, I gave up on both characters. Yes, both. And yes, I realized that Seth Rollins was not the character he is now back then, but I gave up on pretty much both guys after that because of, well, that match and that booking decision. Fair oh. or not, I don't care. It's it's, is, it's fair. That, 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 that's when the WWE Universe completely turned on Seth Rollins. As, well, uh, that was the whole, no fault Seth of his Rollins. Own. The fans turned on me. But they did. Yeah, it was stupid. But yeah, they did. It's another bad way to turn somebody heel. Let's blame the fans. Hey, still not as bad as uh, Alberto Del Rio turning face because The Miz kicked a bucket onto his personal ring announcer. That was one of the worst face turns I've ever seen in my life. The yeah, point so is, I'm going to ask you a question, and I know what the answer is going to be, and I know I'm going to hate you for this, but if I got hit with a bucket on the side of the head, would you not come, and would you not expect to be cheered by the audience, or would you expect first of to... All, first of all, you are not my personal ring announcer. Well, I, that's, second second of all, I do not drive a sports car to the ring. Third of all... Um, Perhaps I would pull the double swerve and act like I was going to hit you, but then save you. And then a month later, then betray you, turn into this mega heel, become the champion, and you would be relegated to the tag team division with probably Heath Slater. Just saying. The anyway. I really had a different company because Heath Slater doesn't work for WWE anymore, so carry on, you dick. <laughs> anyway, the Bray Wyatt the Fiend is challenging Braun Strowman. So here's the conundrum that I started with and that I went on tangents because I'm on fire. The point is that they don't want Braun to lose mm. and they don't want Bray to lose. So why are we booking the match? Because they either have to have a way to have Braun lose and still look strong, which means that we've had not one but two transition champions in a row, that being Bill Goldberg and Braun Strowman, only for Bray Wyatt to just get the title back. Ugh, let's fix Bray Wyatt by having Bill Goldberg and Braun Strowman exchange the title and play patty cake and then just give it back to Bray Wyatt. That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Or have Braun Strowman beat Bray Wyatt. That doesn't make any sense for the Bray Wyatt character. Unless, of course, we have a way for Braun Strowman to still stay strong for Bray Wyatt to be pulling the strings. Who am I kidding? This is probably going to be a terrible match. I don't know why I have any faith in this. You know what? I'm just going to say Braun retains. Why? Because I don't care about the Bray Wyatt character. As far as I'm concerned, he never should have even been on the title. He should have been like Crow Sting, hanging out and attacking people for a year, and then going after somebody like a year from now when he becomes a babyface, and then he would be more over. But no, you just have to have him win the title. And I agree. Screw that up with hey. red lights and a cage and all this other weird stuff. I I'm agree. I'm Braun Strowman. I'm backing my guy. We said push Braun Strowman immediately. I'm sticking with it. He better remain the champion. Listen, I, I everything you stated, regardless of you being on fire and you going ahead and pulling a double swerve on your boy and betraying me and then completely ruining this friendship and me firing you off this podcast, which I have the ability just like you do, you man. Um, I agree with everything that you're saying. I have said this for weeks that we should not be having Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt at Money in the Bank at all. 
Like this should not be going on. This needs to be held off for a while because I think that this has so much potential. I really do think that Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman has potential like we haven't seen in a long time. And the fact that this is his first match as as defending Universal Champion and it puts him in this type of situation where you're like, I'm not 100% sure if he should be retaining or dropping the title is a disservice to Braun Strowman, but then it's also a disservice to Bray Wyatt because they ruined him. I don't think they quite ruined him at Hell in a Cell, although they went, a de- they went ahead and definitely gave him a chink in his armor last October. That is for damn sure. But they really went ahead and completely broke the, the straw on the camel's back at um, at Superstar Showdown, or at Super Showdown, excuse me, in Saudi in February when they had 53-year-old Guillermo Goldberg or Guillermo Oroberg, if you will, um, beat The Fiend. I like my name way better than Bill Goldberg. No, no, no. You have to do it. You have to do it much slower. You have to be like... Bill... And, and your new, and, and new Universal Champion, Bill Goldberg. Okay, go on. <laughs> Anyways... Um, that was the stammel, the, the stammel, the camel, the, whatever, you know the phrase that I'm referring to, gosh darn it, the I'm straw moving that on. Broke the camel's back. Yes, that thing, that stupid thing, that's what completely annihilated everything and anything having to do with, um, uh, Bray Wyatt. Now, they then completely did a 180, and they made Bray Wyatt be fantastic at WrestleMania in the Firefly Funhouse, right? So they, they, they definitely corrected the ship. So keep on correcting the ship in that regard. Don't put him in another position to fail with Braun Strowman while also putting Braun Strowman in a position to fail. There is no win-win situation coming out of this, WWE. There is absolutely no win-win situation coming out of Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt for the Universal title at this juncture in time. If you wanted Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, you should have it five months from now. When there's no title involved. Now, I know what people are going to say. Well, this whole situation is happening because Roman Reigns is on the shelf because he chose not to perform at WrestleMania because of COVID-19. You're right to an extent. But even that being said, I would have told you Roman and Gold, excuse me, Roman and Bray shouldn't have happened at WrestleMania either because they didn't have the balls to keep the title on Bray instead of putting it on Roman. So there's this whole thing of at the end of the day, Roman shouldn't have even been in that situation, and Bray Wyatt shouldn't have even been in that situation either. So we're in a situation we don't want to be, and now we're going to see Braun Strowman get hurt, and we're going to see Bray Wyatt get hurt, and Ross is going to get hurt, and I'm going to be hurt, and we're all going to be hurt, and we're all going to be mad over something that shouldn't be happening in the first place. That being said, I'm going to lose my mind if I see Braun Strowman lose the title after five weeks. I'm picking Strowman. Because that is the only logical sense thing to do in a thing that makes absolutely zero logical sense. All I all I know is that uh, my ringtone is still Braun Strowman's theme. And I don't want to be sad every time I hear it now because I've been overjoyed and As thrilled that uh, my guy, Braun Strowman, finally reached. Go at him. Go, go at him. That's all. 
All right, it is the main event time of the show in which we are going to try and do two matches at once. Just kidding. We'll break down one match and then the other one, even though WWE is, quote-unquote, reportedly doing both matches at, same, at the same time. I mean, it's not reported. They're the ones that said that we're, that's what, okay. yeah, that's what they announced Do we know if these SmackDown. matches are already pre-recorded? I mean, that's a great question. I'm not 100% sure. Do we know that there's actually going to be... 15 people in a 10-foot radius at the same time? Again, I don't, per our conversation last week, which... All I'm saying is, I realize that people are... They have their reactions to, oh, there's two matches happening at the same time. Blah, 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 blah. I get it. All I can tell you is, I will wait and have my judgment once I see it happen. I'm not casting aspersions. I'm not shifting blame. All I'm saying is... It's different. Mm -hmm. It could be good. Mm -hmm. It could be everything what the internet is complaining about, mm -hmm. and it could be absolutely nothing in a complete overreaction. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I 100% agree with you. To be fair, I wasn't even going to complain about that because after having I'm just thought saying, about because no, no, it's no, out no. there. That's okay. all. Oh no, I agree 100%. I've chosen to think about it in a logical sense over the past seven days. First of all, take away COVID-19 for a second. There's no real way for all these men and women to be intertwined and all it all makes sense at the same time. So what I mean by that is you're going to see sporadic things where they're fighting within the same area and you'll go ahead and see maybe some creative spots where they get intertwined, but it's not going to be happening at all the entire 20, 25 minutes, however they're going to give this match. However long. Now, I do have a question. Please. Is, is there one ring at the top of the roof or two? I don't I don't even know. I don't okay, even know if there's a ring. Is there a I've ring seen, up there? There's one. There, there's a, oh, that's right. They have put out the shots. I think there's yes. one, and there'll probably be two ladders with both briefcases okay. standing right next – or lay, lay, standing, hanging right next to one another. What's wrong with me? I am not on fire today. So, so I don't know how this is – I don't know how they're going to pull this off. Yeah. I don't know what parlor tricks they're going to use. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's different. I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. If it turns out being the complete cluster and the failure that everybody thinks it's going to be, because there are some people on the internet that want everything WWE to fail because That's they're negative about everything people. in their life. I'm I, sorry. I don't yeah. mean to get on a tangent. No, no, no. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm trying this... to enjoy this for what it is, right. but it's hard when I have people in my life and on the internet, which I realize I, I warn you about with Twitter and trolls. And just people on the internet in general just being awful. Mm -hmm. I just I just want to enjoy this without having to click on my internet or search anywhere and just only see negativity, which I unfortunately agree. we see way too much of anyway. We do. And I try not to be negative on this show. Mm -hmm. I really don't. I get animated. I get goofy. I get fun. I make fun of Jorge. He knows I'm not being malicious. But there are just some things that just piss me off when i just want to enjoy something as a wrestling thing that's all i'm saying i'm with you brother that that by the way for those of you who don't know what i did i actually did do the finger and that is to all those people who are trying to trash everything and anything that wwe is trying to do um that the the, the whole reason for this entire conversation is not to trash them although i will say and shout out to gerard and rice crispy over at through the table because they're on our squad on this 3T, shout, shout out to our boys who will be coming on our show in the next few weeks. Looking forward to that. But they have been riding the train 
with us as conductors talking about that if you're going to trash WWE for putting on shows during the COVID-19 pandemic and having the and having wrestlers be together in the same area and not practicing social distancing, you bet your ass you better be trashing AEW for doing the exact same thing if not worse because the difference has been in programming that WWE and AEW are having is AEW doesn't have a crowd, but they definitely have people in the background that are kind of acting as a crowd, right? Mm-hmm. right. That are they, not observing social... The wrestlers. Yes. They have the entire AEW locker room back there hollering and houting and all this craziness, which kind of gives it a better feel, to be honest, gives it a better feel than anything that WWE and NXT are doing right now, but... It is a more quote-unquote dangerous position than what WWE is doing themselves. So that being said, if you are an internet troll and you are choosing to trash World Wrestling Entertainment for doing this, I better be hearing you and seeing on your Twitter feeds being more malicious towards All Elite Wrestling because they are doing it worse. That being said, let's go over the people that are going to be in the, in both these ladder matches. So on the women's side, Ross, we've got Asuka versus Shayna Baszler versus Nia Jax versus Dana Brooke versus Lacey Evans versus Carmella. On the men's side, we have Daniel Bryan versus Rey Mysterio versus Aleister Black versus Baron Corbin or King Corbin versus Otis and AJ Styles, who just got into this match as of Monday night, when he right, replaced so and injured so let's, Apollo let's, Crews. Let's let's attack this one match at a time. Sure. Um, let's 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 take the women's match first, mm-hmm. um, because well, just because I want to. Sure. There you go. That's, that's fair. That's, that's that's pretty much my only logic. It's not that I have a favorite or anything in the match. I just that I, I just decided to pick it. So, boy, oh boy, do we have some. Very, very talented people in this match. Actually, On both you know what? Sides. You, know, you know what Money in the Bank does well every year? And I actually should give them more credit for this. They put in, most years, they put in either fan favorites or established people that can carry a match. Either or. And a lot of times fan favorites are people that can carry a match. True. Let's and then, be honest. Yes. And then they also, what they do is they take people who you would never expect to put in a good performance and put them out there and then let them see, let 20,000 people go ahead and see, oh, wait, that guy's actually good. So what they do is they is they put in established people. They normally have a monster. Mm-hmm. They normally have one or two up-and-comers or people that have not really gotten the spotlight that the rest of them have. Yep. And then oftentimes they put in filler. And I mean that in the nicest way possible because most years when it comes to filler, you have people like Natalia. Nothing against Natalia. She's great. Mm -hmm. She'll always be great. She's nothing flashy, but she's not upper echelon top tier in their division she's a solid hand to have in a match you know she's not going to screw up spots 100 percent agree and mind you what what i just stated of sometimes they put in people who you would not expect to succeed and they do case in point dana brooke rocked her performance last year at money in the bank ladder in the money in the bank ladder match on which the is probably game. why she's in this which one which is exactly the reason why she's in this one because she proved to somebody in the back they were like Oh, wait, hold on for one second. She's not just a fitness model. 
Dana Brooke can do some stuff. Well, let's also be honest. There are also some people that are arguably more talented. 100% agree. don't want to either put in a match like this or, like you just said, Dana Brooke did a very good job last year. Why not reward her and put her in this spot again since they need the bodies in this match to do that? So we have Asuka, who has essentially been treading water for a while, you have Shayna Baszler, which I'll dive much more into, into the ridiculousness of her even being in this match. You have Nia Jax, who's returning, which we'll get more into her. You also have Dana Brooke, for the reasons we just had. You had Lacey Evans, who's been near the title and has been kind of, she's been put at that level mm-hmm. for the last little bit, never really getting over the hump. La- last person eliminated last, last month at WrestleMania. Yes, but I mean, she's been in high profile Mm -hmm. uh, women's title matches. Some of them have been good. Some of them have not been particularly too good. Then you round out the field with somebody who's been in a few of these matches that, again, will not screw up her spots, and that's Carmella. Correct, yeah. So every year in Money in the Bank, whether it's the men's or the women's match, there's always the, well, who really needs the briefcase? That's pretty much the argument made every year. Because it's a matter of, okay, you have established talent, you have people that haven't really gotten a push, there are people that are put in there to just get certain reactions out of fans. So I really do think that you can make the argument for four of these ladies winning the match. I don't think Carmella's going to win her third Money in the Bank match. Yes, third, because the first one wasn't good enough, so they had to quote-unquote redo it and have her win a second time. To be fair, the Money in the Bank ladder match at Money in the Bank was better than the one on SmackDown. But yeah, go ahead. I I I know, it's the ending. It's the ending that people hate, and I say whatever. Hey, maybe you're on my side when it comes to Brock Lesnar and Money in the Bank. Oh, wait, you're not. The ending. It was an ending joke. Anyway. I'm choosing to negate that joke and telling you to please move on with your point. The match is horrible, just just for the record. match is horrible, just for the finish. That's all I'm going to say. Carmella, I don't think, is winning this match, and as good of a performance as she's done, and the other people in this match, it does not make a lot of sense for Dana Brooke to win this match. Mm -hmm. Are we in agreement? Agree. Okay. I do think there is an argument to have Lacey Evans win the match. This would give her another type of push that she really hasn't gotten. Mm -hmm. Um, Baby faces on briefcases are actually becoming more of a rarity, most of the time, the heels having it is normally a better idea. So that would be an interesting switch to get Lacey Evans on the title. You could do something to where, you know, if Sasha and Bailey have a heel versus heel match and Lacey Evans cashes in on one of them, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the idea of Lacey Evans needing the briefcase is that argument. Yeah. I mean, uh, I could count on my hands the amount of baby faces that have won money in the bank. So I bet you I can name them. Okay. Um, was RVD a babyface when he won? Yes. Okay, so RVD is one. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. John Cena. Okay. Uh, let's see. Sandow was a heel and turned babyface or the other way around? No, Cody Rhodes was the one that turned babyface. Oh, good call. You're right. I uh, that was so long ago, and Sandow did absolutely nothing out of that. I had forgotten. Okay, so I'm at RVD and Cena. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope, Kane was a heel when he won. Uh, Dean Ambrose was a babyface. There we go. Still got a few more. Uh, let's see here. 
I'm trying not to take up too much time and trying to actually pull a U and actually be smart about this. You're doing really well. Um, there's going to be some years that I'm absolutely going to forget. I'm actually kind of surprised that you're forgetting one that was so like, so massive for you. Uh, wasn't Braun Strowman a babyface when he won? Uh, technically he was, so I'll give you that one. Okay. All right, you want me to help you out? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so you got Daniel Bryan in 2011. Can't believe you. Was forgot. he really a babyface in 2011? Are you serious right now? Yes. Wasn't that when he cashed in on the Big Show and yeah, he, was he the turned heel? heel he, with slow, AJ? he slowly turned. He slowly okay, turned so he was a babyface when he won the. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. Okay, sorry. That's okay. I only remember the cash in and after that when that's he fair. was a heel. So that's, that's why I didn't think about. I that. Totally understand that. And then um, CM Punk was a heel, or excuse me, a babyface. Both times, he was a babyface when he won the world title the first time, and then the next year, he was a babyface still, but then he turned heel when he cashed in on Jeff Hardy. Again, most of CM Punk's time, I think of him as a heel, which is why I I don't think about that. I totally understand that. And Randy Orton technically was a babyface when he went in 2013, and he turned heel as he was getting closer to cashing in on Daniel Bryan in 2013. And again, I only remember him yes. cashing in on, yeah, so there to- you go. That so that's to- why everything I think that about you it. said makes sense. I was just trying to, you know, oh, no. help you out. In this case, in this case, I very much appreciate it. I was I was trying to do my best to pull my inner J-Man and be the historian on this show. It's okay. You which, by the way, job. I give you mad props for every time you pull it off, and you, I appreciate it. Anytime. So, I'm here for you. Not that I don't have a good memory. You just have a better one, so... My uh, my knowledge pertains to you know really crappy wrestling and world championship wrestling in the year two thousand. So what can I say? Uh, so you can also make the argument for the returning Nia Jax. Very polarizing because uh, injuring uh, one talent once is an accident. Injuring four talents four times is a trend. So who are, who are the know. other talents? I can't remember off the top of my head. Obviously we know okay, that she so broke she's them. injured. Becky Lynch. Yes. She's injured. Kyrie Sane. True. Um, was she not part of injuring Alexa Bliss? No, I, I want to say I want to say that might have been Ronda on accident. Okay, um, trying to think. Has somebody she, else? I'm pretty sure she hurt somebody, some people on NXT though. Didn't she hurt Bailey uh, on a couple different occasions? That on, sounds NXT? right. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, so. let, let's be let's be honest. It, I've trashed Nia Jax on this program. I've trashed Nia Jax on social media. Nia Jax ain't that good. She's not as good as she thinks she is. And when you hurt people, that doesn't help your cause. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yes, definitely Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. Pretty sure Again, she's on I'm, the squash. I'm not trying to stall. It's um, okay. Didn't she injure Zelina Vega at one point too? I wouldn't surprise. I was gonna. I was gonna say was. I don't. I'm pretty sure that she's almost gotten close to like completely destroying Sasha Banks, which isn't that hard to do considering the fact that Sasha Banks is one of the more petite women in the division. But hurting is still hurting. You still have to be careful because there's so many people of different sizes. It is your responsibility as a professional wrestler to treat every single person as best as you possibly can. And so when um, you're hurt... Didn't she also injure Ember Moon at one point? Yes. And then... Um, oh, I know the other one. She botched catching Charlotte Flair doing her moonsault. So there you go. There you go, Naya. So... Um, I could see that happening. Um, and then as for somebody needing it, 
I could totally make the argument that Asuka needs to be the creepy main event heel who lurks in the background with a briefcase and puts herself as a dominant heel. Read now, my mind. I'm, I'm going to go into a very brief tunnel of really complaining about the fact that one, Shayna Baszler is in this match, two, why she's not the champion, and three, why any of this is actually happening. So you had Shayna Baszler come out, dominate NXT for the majority of what, two years? Okay. Then you call her up. You have her win a match with your two champions at Survivor Series. Then you have her finish runner-up at the Royal Rumble instead of having her win the Royal Rumble. By so the way, she eliminated – you, and you've made this point on this show constantly. She eliminated more people or the same amount of people as Bianca Belair did in like a fraction of the time. And that's not taking a shot at Bianca Belair. But Bianca Belair was the person who – was the Iron Woman of this year's Royal Rumble women's match along with, yep. with Charlotte. And – uh, Shayna comes in, and in like less than ten minutes, she eliminates four or five women. Like, come on now. Uh, I believe Shayna Baszler had eight eliminations at the Rumble. My bad, that's insane. Because I believe Bianca Belair had eight. Yes, and they had the same amount, and Bianca Belair was in for like five ten, times longer. Yes, she was about for she was in the match for at least ten minutes longer. Okay, so you have Shayna lose at Royal Rumble, or she finishes runner up. Okay, whatever. The makeup for that is her dominating an elimination chamber she and getting the match with Becky that everybody wants to see. All five women. Right, dominating. With yes. All with submissions. Never been done before. Right. And what's the payoff? She loses in a nine-minute match at WrestleMania to Becky Lynch. In a good quality match, but um, loses okay. nonetheless. No. Loses nonetheless. Here's another thing. That was more insulting than, and yes, I have to do this. It's okay. It was okay. more insulting than... Bill Goldberg eliminating four people from the Elimination Chamber match, not named Kevin Nash, getting one sledgehammer to the head from ya boy Triple H and losing only for ya boy Triple H to drop the title at Unforgiven in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Can I ask you a question? What was more insulting, Shayna losing to Becky at Mania or Brock Lesnar throwing Ali off the top off the top of the ladder last year to win the Money in the Bank. I I genuinely believe that that is a legitimate question. They're they're both equally bad. Okay, that's fair. I because I can't now, agree with you more. The difference is I agree with you one hundred percent. Ali's not a main eventer. Shayna no, Baszler no. is. Okay, that's yes, I understand that. But I mean, it it could have been Finn Balor up there. It could have been Baron Corbin. It could have been Randy Orton. It could have been Drew McIntyre. Somebody was going to get thrown off the top of that ladder. For Brock so Lesnar, for, so for this argument, Shayna losing in a nine-minute match at WrestleMania is more insulting. To Just me. by by like a fraction, I agree. So to me, if this is another make good for her to win Money in the Bank, that's a slap in my face as a fan of hers. Yeah, because then it just you, is. It is, and I'll tell you the reason why. And I'm gonna back you up on this because that means that oh, now you're gonna go ahead and make her the schmormy heel when she is the most physically dominant wrestler in the women's division potentially in all promotions like i'm genuinely serious by saying this and you're going to relegate her to be lurking around in the background instead of her grabbing that briefcase and immediately cashing in not even that this is okay i'm gonna give you my pick because i don't want to get too upset I actually think it's more of a disservice for Shayna to win the Money in the Bank briefcase than it is she doesn't. So I'm going to say that Asuka should be the one that wins Money in the Bank. I'm going to say because I fully believe Asuka needs the briefcase 
more, even though legitimately we know where Asuka stands as part of the women's roster all over the world. She's in the top four, and it's not even a joke. Okay, Okay. so before I give you my pick, I just want to give you a chance to, to, to do this. Okay. So if Asuka wins the briefcase, mm-hmm. okay? What's the scenario? The most, the most obvious choice to me is to do Becky again. But we've been there, done that. We have. So then my other problem is, okay, are we are we putting her back down on NXT for Charlotte and Asuka to have an NXT women's title match? I don't know if that's really progress. Well, I'll tell and you. And then mm-hmm. if you do it on SmackDown, which I don't even know if they're letting people jump shows, so I could just be all over the place. But, okay, so you're going to make Asuka the face of SmackDown? So then how do you transition out of that? Like, I you get can't. it. We're not saying Asuka's cashing in in a month. Mm-hmm. You have time to figure this out. I've said this all the time. Make sure once you have a plan to put somebody on the belt, you have a plan for them to lose the belt. Same thing with when you put somebody in position for them to win a title, you have to have a plan to do it and not be haphazard. So what's your best case scenario for Asuka winning the briefcase and then becoming champion or cashing in and losing? I don't know what the best case scenario is. Well, if they have her cash in and lose, then you've completely defeated the purpose of Asuka. And at that point, I would say she is no longer the same person. So that's that's thing. I can make one. that argument now. But yeah, true, yes. true. But I mean, she's at least got a more winning record, and she didn't take the pinfall at WrestleMania. That being said, um, to me, I would say that the more obvious scenario, legitimately, would be going back to the Charlotte versus Oscar rivalry because those two matches between those two ladies have been such of a hierarchy that there's not a lot of women that can pull off a better match than those two did together. Um, The problem is, here's the problem. The purpose of Charlotte Flair being on NXT is to raise the level of awareness of the NXT women's title, which, to be fair, I think it's already treated pretty well, but I can understand why they're doing it. Hello, AEW. Um, The other thing is... um, it completely defeats the purpose of all the other ladies that are down there vying for a shot. You've got ladies like Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, all the ladies that are over in NXT UK, the other women who are trying to become up-and-comers in NXT. If you bring over a woman like Asuka to feud with Charlotte over the NXT title, it doesn't dilute the it doesn't dilute the title, but I feel like it dilutes the brand and it dilutes the other women who are down there. And you're like, none of you are good enough to get in the ring with Charlotte Flair. So we have to bring somebody from one of the main shows to come and face her off for this title so it can be prestigious. And I don't think that's right. But to be fair, I I can't take it seriously because I know that Asuka would completely destroy Bailey. Mm, that's dis- that's disrespectful to Bailey. She would beat Bailey easier than she could beat Charlotte. And I've already seen. Becky and Asuka go at it twice in two very good matches, and I don't know how much better the third one can possibly be. Whereas, I feel like we've had a disservice done to us with Charlotte and Asuka that I'd be willing to revisit that, even though it might be diluting the women down on the NXT roster. So... I'm going to do something I normally don't do, and I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick against every fiber in my being of what I would actually do. I'm actually picking Shayna to win. Good for you, because 
I really do think the WWE is delirious enough to think, oh, we pushed her at Survivor Series, we pushed her at Royal Rumble, we pushed her at Elimination Chamber, we decided to call an audible at WrestleMania, so since we still want to say that that was a fluke, we're just going to have Shayna be the big bad heel waiting in the background, waiting for Becky to make a mistake, and then she'll just take advantage and beat her. But that's, and then that's how they'll keep getting heat on Shayna. And I'm not saying it's right. And by the way, by the way, if the roles were reversed, right? Mm. Let's say Becky was the heel and beat Shayna in nine minutes. I'd be okay with the babyface getting the briefcase and getting redemption that way. 100% agree. That that would be a redemption story for a babyface to win. So even though I hate it, I hate it, and I hate it, Shayna winning the briefcase and cashing in and destroying Becky Lynch like they should have done at WrestleMania is the only thing that makes sense to me. I, I would love Asuka to win the briefcase. I would love to have Asuka be the KG heel that just lurks around and just waits for her time and we make her a main event level talent again. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe with the Kyrie Sane injury, they're going to go that route. Maybe. And, and the thing is... With, and, th and that sucks for Kyrie Sane because mm -hmm. I thought Kyrie Sane and Asuka had a nice little thing going for a while. They still but do. if the goal is to push Asuka out of this, that's a solid way to do it. Yeah. Um, this is also the match where I could totally see WWE saying... Yep, we're just going to pick something that everybody's going to hate, and we're just going to give Nia Jax the briefcase. My, I could totally see that happening, too. I but could, my too. Shayna Baszler. I'd rather pick Asuka than, than, over Nia Jax in a heartbeat. And the thing is that the same argument that I made about Nia, excuse me, about Asuka coming over to NXT and challenging Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's title and it diluting the women over on NXT, I feel that Shayna winning Wimani in the Bank is diluting her brand because you're basically telling me that the only way Shayna can overcome Becky is by legitimately having to go ahead and get a briefcase and wait for her to be at her weakest as opposed to destroying her at her best when we know full on regardless of um regardless of kayfabe or no kayfabe is 100% possible and it's a slap in the face to me by telling me Oh, Shayna needs to win this in order to be able to beat Becky or any of the two other champions on the on, on WWE's rosters, because it it slaps me. So I'd rather I'd rather see Shayna lose like on barely, barely, barely than winning and then it diluting everything she stands for. I know that's a terrible way to look at it, but I'm just. I'm looking out for Shayna's best interests in this particular occasion. Does that make sense? I'm with you. I just, WWE tends to do weird stuff like this where they claim they're pushing somebody and then they give them like a dose of like a reality check to kind of bring them back down again only to push them again. It's yeah. a weird thing that Vince it does. Is. That's why I'm just going to pick Shayna. I, I that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm going with Asuka because I feel like Asuka fits miss the, this, the what's the word that i'm looking for oscar fits the mold of what miss money in the bank or mr in the money bank really should be quote unquote fair does that make sense and a, on a heel side on it a does. heel side yeah now the men's match to me is a little bit more cut and dry and there's a very easy way for me to do this so if you disagree with me at any point in this please do jump in um I believe Rey Mysterio has zero chance of winning this match. 
I also think Otis has 0% chance of winning this match. I disagree. I think Otis has a little bit higher of a chance than Rey Mysterio, but I don't think it's anywhere near as high as it should. And, I will, and I'll tell you somebody else who has a close to 0% chance of winning, and that's Daniel Bryan. I really do believe that. I think Daniel uh, Bryan, you know what Daniel Bryan is going to do in this match? Daniel Bryan is going to be the Chris Benoit of this match. Daniel Bryan is going to be a, right there grabbing the briefcase, and he's going to get destroyed by one of two people right at the end, and that person's going to win the briefcase. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, so I'll let you carry on. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll tell you something else, and I'm going to stick with this. I think AJ Styles is a red herring in this match. I really do. Because the way they booked him in the Boneyard match and him coming back so quickly, this tells me, oh, we need a star in this match. Let's just bring AJ back because we're not going to pay off anything out of that match. So instead of just having him off TV, we have to have him in this match. I think he's instantly a favorite, but I also think he's a complete red herring in this match. And... Although I totally get and would totally accept AJ Styles as winning the briefcase. First of all, love him. Greatest wrestler on the planet. Would love to see him being the schmarmy heel holding around a briefcase being like, ah, 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 I could cash in on you at any time. I he, survived the He'd play it really well. Ah, ah, ah. He would right. play it super well. I could see well. that happening. Mm -hmm. But I think it's red herring. And I'll tell you something else because it's going to lead into my pick. I think... The fans want so badly for Aleister Black to win that King Corbin's going to win. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Most of the time, when there's a guy in a match like this that everybody wants to see win, they don't win. because Especially when it's a babyface like Aleister Black. Because the WWE wants to build up anticipation and build up things for when the babyface overcomes the odds. I am not suggesting we need to have Aleister Black wait two years, a bunch of shenanigans, and a B-plus player crap like they did with Daniel Bryan. Even though it paid off and actually was very nice. After That's they different, though, because Daniel Bryan is one of the greatest wrestlers we've ever seen. I'm not saying Aleister Black is not, but Daniel Bryan is legitimately a GOAT now. Carry on. So reasons why king corbin is going to win this match <laughs> first of all he is he is not only the best heel on smackdown he is the best heel in wwe if he wins the briefcase for a second time people are going to lose their minds oh why is king corbin getting another shot with the briefcase he already failed with it once that's the point because this time is different when he won the briefcase before he was the guy that was coming up and had a solid run in NXT and he was a big guy and they had promise and then all that stuff on social media happened and they pulled the plug and he was not ready. He was not ready to be a main eventer back then. Mm -hmm. Now? He's been a main eventer. He's won King of the Ring. He's been in high profile feuds with the top guys in your brand. He did a segment with The Rock. Open right. open SmackDown on Fox. Like that let's 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 not kid ourselves. Him, Becky, and The Rock opened SmackDown in front of three point eight million viewers. Yeah. That's no joke. Carry on. Um, I, look, you you do not put somebody in a segment with The Rock and Becky Lynch on your first show on Fox without a purpose. Mm -hmm. You don't. They could have put anybody in that spot. They chose to pick King Corbin. 
Okay, here's another thing. As I said, he's getting legitimate heat. He is a main eventer. He's a guy that people are going to look with and go, oh, oh my gosh. He's a two-time Money in the Bank winner. He he he's 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 the king of the ring. We're sick of see like retired Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. He, he retired Kurt Angle. Yeah, he 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 dressed like an Applebee's waiter and made it work. Like there's there's nothing you okay. He was in an angle with dog food and is still considered a top heel. Think about that. What, uh, Think about that. If you put a bunch of guys in an angle with dog food, it would cripple them, kill them. And yet, where is Baron Corbin? Where's King Corbin? Still at the top of the heap, which is why somehow, some way, he's going to win Money in the Bank in 2020. I love, I love Baron Corbin. Uh, uh, he's the man. He's he the is man. the man. Um, one of the few people I actually got a chance to speak to in 2016 when T- SmackDown came to Tucson. I met him. Super nice guy. Super chill dude. Yes. Right. Whatever. Front desk supervisor. I move on with my life. I don't know how many times I had to state that. Um, I love Baron Corbin, and he absolutely deserves a second shot. Listen, if if CM Punk... They botched his Money in the Bank cash-in, which, by the way, he still won. People forget about that, but they claim that they botched it, which they bo- they botched the world title run. They didn't botch the cash-in. Let's be clear about that. This is coming from a CM, from a CM Punk apologist and an enthusiast and, and his best friend. Um, I'm not his best friend, but you know what I mean. I love CM Punk. But I'm going to defend that they botched the world title run, not the cash-in. They full-on botched. I'm not even, I can't even say that they botched Baron Corbin. They didn't even give him a shot. They not only took away his money in the bank briefcase in the sense of losing to Jinder Mahal clean, then they went ahead and put, on, put John Cena over in eight minutes in the opening match of SummerSlam clean. So, And then you put him into the doghouse, and then all you allowed him to do was just be the... Um, the constable and he made that work then you allowed him to be the gm and that worked and people were like oh i hate this guy that was the point they wanted you to hate him that's why he beat braun Strowman, even though we hated that view things in hindsight wwe fans that's why he Put, he was put over by Kurt Angle because he wanted you to hate him. And then you go ahead and change. You know what really makes me mad about all this, Ross? And I'll get to my pick in a second. You hate him. Not you, but people hate him. They say he can't wrestler. And what? He can't wrestle. And then I'm sorry to go back to this match, but it's it, I, I could care less about the Brock Lesnar thing in this moment in time. And let me just be clear. The MVPs of last year's Money in the Bank ladder match in 2019 was basically everybody that was involved in that match except for Randy Orton. And Randy Orton was chill. He was cool. But he didn't do the extreme amount of work like Andrade and Balor and Ali and Ricochet and Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin stole the show as much as the other guys that I've said countlessly countless times have stolen the show in the middle of that match 
Like, I said Balor killed it when he took all these bumps. I said Ali and Ricochet killed it when they pulled off all those moves. I said Andrade killed it when he pulled off all his moves. I said McIntyre killed it when he pulled off all those moves. But then Baron Corbin really killed it when he was choke slamming people and killing them left and right because he's a six foot eight athletic dude that can run a lot quicker than you can ever realize. And he's really, really good at his job. You hate Baron Corbin because that's what you're supposed to do. Because he is a heel. Am I correct in that, Rastafarian? Yes, I am. I've said this on countless occasions. Back me I up. can I can appreciate good heel work. Me too. I, but he's a heel. He's a I'm heel. I'm supposed to not like him. That's the point. That is the point. That's why said. when I say love him, I say love the fact that yeah. he's making it work and he's made everything Listen, work. Listen. So who's your pick? Otis? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that this time. I'm actually picking Baron Corbin because, first of all, me- records are meant to be broken. You've got CM Punk being the only superstar male who's ever won two Money in the Bank briefcases and he was a babyface. About time you did it for a heel. It's been uh, 12 years since that ha- – 11 years, excuse me, since that happened. Why not pull it off with Baron Corbin and actually run with it this time? Actually make it work. This is the time. WWE is in a rare time where they have they are being forced to experiment with things. They have to because nobody's watching them. So they have to experiment with this because they're in a time where nobody expected to be in, in with this COVID-19 era and we're stuck. What better way to get a reaction from a television audience and from a social media audience than having the best heel on WWE programming today winning the briefcase, especially if he were to screw over a guy like Aleister Black or Daniel Bryan or hell, even Otis, who, by the way, if you really want to make that work, make sure that Dolph Ziggler super kicks him off a ladder as soon as possible so he can destroy his dreams so then you could really continue that thing that you've got going on of Otis and Mandy versus Dolph and Sonya because I actually think that that's a moneymaker. I move on. Baron Corbin needs to be Mr. Money in the Bank for 2020 and you just have to try. If you're willing to try with Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre, then there's no reason why you should not be trying with Baron Corbin. Damn it. So there you have it, folks. I mean, there there may be some matches added on SmackDown tonight. Again, there were only six matches when this broadcast began, so if more matches are added, I'm sure we will be enjoying them on Sunday. Again, it is in Stamford, Connecticut, at the WWE headquarters. It's gonna be a weird. It's gonna be a weird show. But you know what? WrestleMania was weird, and we all got through it. And we all enjoyed what it. Some people. Oh, well, I mean, most of us enjoyed it. I mean, I try not to let. I I try not to let certain opinions sway me from how to enjoy wrestling, um, but there are certain opinions out there that a lot of people um, agree with, and that's fine. That's that's what they prescribe to you. That's that's why a lot of times I don't give credence to um, certain people and their opinions on the internet. I just merely mention them if they break news or if something they say catches the eye of the wrestling community in general. But the point is that I'm going to try and enjoy this show. Uh, my plan is to live tweet this show on Sunday. So again, Boss Ross TDT is where you can find that. You can also find us on our socials, the Double Turn Podcast on Instagram, the one and only J-Man 19, Ross the Robots 85. You can also find this fine show 
and all of our other fine shows. This is episode 106, correct? All right, so the previous uh, couple of episodes are our TDT's Classics series. Make sure you go check those out. Of course, this is the Money in the Bank 2020 preview and prediction show. We will have our review show next week uh, of what happened on the show again on Sunday from Stanford, Connecticut. And then after that, we've got some very exciting shows. We're going to bring back TDT's Classic Series. We've also got a couple of guests lined up. Uh, as Jorge said, we are planning on having the Through the Table guys on. Uh, the date has not been officially specified yet, correct? That is correct. Sometime uh, probably beginning the middle of June. Okay. Uh, we're also going to have uh, actually one of my work colleagues, Rico, is going to be on our show. Uh, we, we've already had the uh, request of covering Brett the Hitman Hart, a series of matches with him. I believe we're doing him and Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? That's where I'm leaning towards, yep. Okay. So uh, once we get our finalized details on that, we will have the Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, TDT's Classic Series with Rico. Uh, that will be coming up here in a couple of weeks. And then we've got uh, some other things planned on the horizon, which we will let you know about. Of course, we like to do these episodes where we go over our preview and predictions and our review shows of the current product in WWE. Of course, AEW, we like to talk about that. I haven't talked a lot of Impact. I promised you I'm going to remedy that very soon, probably on Instagram, um, and just get everybody caught up on the fact that of the two of us, I'm pretty much the one that watch Impact on this show. Not saying you don't follow it, Jorge, just saying of the two of us, I'm saying I covered more. Yes. Um, so is there anything else you wanted to say before we ended? Um, no. Uh, okay. If all goes well in the next couple of weeks, uh, hopefully Ross and I, not just myself, but, but Ross and I uh, are going to be on with our buddy Tom, the Thunderous Wizard, who's been on our show on a couple of different occasions. We should be making it work, and we'll be on his show uh, on Hops and Box, Hops and Office, Box Flops. Office Flops. Yeah, yep. really looking forward to that. So uh, we've got a date. We just got to make sure that it works for the Rastafarian. So hopefully yes. the boss man can be with us. schedule's a little us. more tepid. So. Yes. yes. So hopefully we can get that all squared away. And honestly, you know what? We'll leave you on a positive note and on a just a, a, a smart note. As, as the states across our nation are starting to open up, which is beautiful, it's beautiful, and I'm very happy that I'm seeing this, and I know Ross is very happy in seeing this. I just ask that you remain smart. Just be careful, everybody. Just be careful. That's all we ask. Yep. Yep. Because Ross and I, we've been wanting to go out and explore and just have a beautiful time on the outside, and we don't want it to be ruined by people who are dumb. I am gonna I'm gonna end it this way because I forgot to do it because I went on a tangent as usual. You can find this show and all of our other 105 episodes, as this being episode 106, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Stitcher, Radio Public, Castbox, Pocket Casts, Anchor. Boom! I love it, my friend. There it is. Let's roll I went it through out. Them all right there. This has been the Money in the Bank 2020 Preview and Prediction Show for the J Man. I'm Boss Ross, and you have been listening to the Double Turn Podcast, and we will catch you on the flip side. Peace.